Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello. You're listening to BFN. This is the podcast about infertility, IVF, and the trials of trying for a baby. I'm Gabby. And I'm Emma. And we've both been trying for a baby for a really long time. And neither of us is currently pregnant. Uh, so we're in a fun little new place. Yeah. Change we're, of scenery. I know. We're, we're recording from my house today. Ah. Yeah. From my um, spare room, which... We, we moved into this flat after getting married and uh, thinking that we'd need a spare room. Aww, and that's where we're recording. Saddest story. <laughs> we're in the nursery. Yeah. Currently my dressing room. Uh, <laughs> um, it's, it's nice to have a change of scenery. Yeah, it's good. It's nice to have ventured across the river. Welcome to Broccoli. Broccoli. This is South London. I, I went the wrong way out the station and it's so snazzy now. Yeah, there's loads of stuff. It wasn't as snazzy as that before. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, we'll be heading down those later. Excited. Down there later. Broccoli Barge. Broccoli barge, no. no, 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 mate, no. That's not where we go. I spent a lot of time in there mm. as a, a student. Yeah, I've been. I've I've ended up in there a few nights, and it's not not pleasant. <laughs> so we'll be going to Browns for decaf oh, flat Browns. whites. Oh, very fancy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. So this week we are talking to somebody who is a bit of a personal hero of mine. Mm-hmm. Who is Jane Ann Gadia? Um. She used to be the chief executive of Virgin Money before Virgin Money got bought. And she's literally just stepped down. Yeah. Um, she's just... I've interviewed her a couple of times. Once, a few, couple of years ago for my old podcast. And she started talking about her IVF and I cried. <laughs> and she gave me a very funny look. <laughs> um, and so I just thought it would be really interesting to like get a view from somebody who's... You know, who's kind of come out the other end and survived to tell the tale and more importantly who's held down probably one of the most important jobs in UK finance yeah um I mean it can't be easy the banking industry is tough a tough place to be a woman yeah and I don't you know she I mean well you'll hear in the interview um she didn't you know act as if it was a big hardship but no um it must have been difficult I just like I admire her so much because she did she held down this incredibly senior job in a world full of men who, uh, you know, are, were probably very difficult to work with, even though she did not say that. No, we are imagining um, that they were. We are imagining. Um, 
But, you know, she's just... I just think she's amazing. She's great. She's very charming. We met her in her new kind of serviced office that she's moved into uh, now that she's finished at Virgin Money. And she just seemed quite, you know... Quite quite chill. Optimistic. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good chat. When, um, back in the day when I first met her, I brought her in to um, guest edit the newspaper that I work for. And um, she sent me roses afterwards. Oh, she is so nice. It was just, like, completely unexpected. Yeah. Oh, she's lovely. Yeah, she is. Good. Um, And then we're talking to Professor Tim. Yes, um, I was talking to Professor Tim Child, medical director at Oxford Fertility, about orgasms. Yeah, wasn't awkward at all. (laughs) It was absolutely fine. I was completely fine with it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I was asking him about... there's, uh, There's a couple of articles out there that say if a woman doesn't orgasm when she's having sex, then the chance of her conceiving are less. Or maybe it's the other way around, that there's more chance of you conceiving if you do orgasm. The other big O in the picture. Okay. Um, so yeah, we had a we had a conversation about that, which I really thoroughly enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you guys do too. Um, and then, hang on, I'm going to shift my seat again. And then, um, also, it's like less than two weeks now until our party. Yeah, the big fat negative, big fat Christmas party. <laughs> that was great, wasn't it? It's <laughs> was really great. Um, yeah, so it's for those who've got tickets, you know where it is. Yes. Um, and we've also we sent an email out to everyone who has got a ticket, um, saying that there is a cover charge before. Uh, sorry, after eight pm. Yeah, basically it's. Eight pounds. Eight pounds. After eight. Yeah. Which is nice and easy to remember. It is nice and easy to remember. So get there before 8pm. Yeah, that's the message. Um, And also, if you really want to come but you don't have a ticket, just drop us an email or um, send us a message on Insta or whatever beforehand because there's a couple of people who've now given back their tickets. Yeah. So if you're really desperate, then please just let us know. Or if you're on the waiting list and you like have a way to bribe us or persuade us in some way <laughs> then please we're open to <laughs> absolutely. it absolutely go for it <laughs> um so yeah we're very excited about that mm-hmm. um the only other thing is that we are planning a christmas day special yes we are because christmas day is on a tuesday this year guys yeah and that's bfn tuesday bfn tuesday we're not missing out Nuh-uh. so um so yeah we won't give you the details of the episode it'll be slightly different to our usual ones mm-hmm. um but what we were wondering is whether you guys... We might do an an AMA, which is an Ask Me Anything. Yeah. Is there anything that you want to know about us that we haven't already <laughs> spilled our guts about? Yeah. But yeah, well, so we think just like literally ask us anything. It doesn't have to be do, to do with fertility. Yeah. It can be what our favourite cheese is, um, which we can talk about for hours. Yeah. Um, anything you want to ask, basically. Obviously, if you do want to ask fertility questions, go for it. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, we we're wondering if you wanted to start sending those in now so we can um, get those in on the record. Yeah, please send them over. It'll be fun. It'll be a laugh. And we'll put something on Insta as well. Put some put an Insta yes, story on closer to the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, the, basically the idea is that we've got a... You, You've got an episode to go and listen to on Christmas Day if, like, your kid, your like sister's kids are driving you insane, and you just need to retreat. Yeah, we're hoping it'll be a, a little kind of a little Christmas gift if you're <laughs> um, if you're in need of it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, other than that, please, as usual, if you like the podcast, then please rate or review it anywhere you get it because it helps other people to find the podcast. Yes, please. Um, and also you can get in touch with us and we love hearing from all of you and if you sent us a message or an email and we haven't replied can you just send another one saying you haven't replied because we do try and reply to all of them but there are a couple that 
have slipped through the cracks recently and Possibly. I'm a bit ashamed of that. So you can email us at bigfatnegativepodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet us at bigfatnegative. You can Instagram us at bigfatnegative. You can Facebook us bigfatnegative. And that's it. That's a wrap. See you later. See you guys. Bye. Bye. tired was at a wedding last night okay yeah went all the way to oxford it's oh, a long way a family wedding yeah um thought about trying to find professor tim oh yeah, I, was around I bet one. he would have come for a coffee with you <laughs> i really want to meet him yeah um one day yeah yeah yeah. i was walking around the center of oxford and i was like i wonder where it is so i like googled uh oxford fertility and it was miles out uh. like we'd have to have been in a car um so i didn't get to see professor tim which would have been hilarious but um someone actually messaged us during the week saying that, that Professor Tim had done their egg retrieval yes. and that it was like seeing a celebrity <laughs> which I think is hilarious <laughs> bless him I wonder what yeah. he would have thought if I'd rocked up at like 9am yeah. this morning absolutely hi, hi. <laughs> <laughs> come for tea <laughs> probably would have loved it oh I hope so and he would have been like no, yeah let's go for caffeinated tea yeah yeah mm-hmm. we do have to meet him sometime yeah we do yeah um so yeah, that's been happening. Um, what else is going on? I Interestingly, so those of you that listen to Gita Nagand's interview, mm-hmm. Professor Gita Nagand, um, she mentioned thyroid and she suggested that women who were trying to conceive should have their thyroid tested. Mm-hmm. And off the back of that, someone got in touch with us just um, picking up on it and saying that she had had hers tested and... Like she said that, it, you know, it could have had something to do with um, her struggling to conceive. And okay. she suggested that I might like to do it as well. Okay. So I thought I'd just read a little bit of her email here. Um, she said, I found out that I have antibodies which are attacking my thyroid and research has shown this to have an effect on TTC. Finding out about my thyroid has given me an understanding of, of more symptoms I had years back but never got to the bottom of. This might be particular in, of particular interest to Gabby as I too have had spotting before my period. I've also had very painful ones, which Dr. Google has also suggested can be caused by thyroid function. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe I need to get mine tested. Yeah, well, I went on a... Basically, she recommended something called Thriver, yeah. which is a kind of at-home blood test kit, Yeah, which you send off and they, like send you your results three mm-hmm. days later um so i did that okay and have uh, you got your results yeah and your thyroid normal great yeah that's all good. good they also tested it's really like oh, this is not an ad um <laughs> but it is really cool i think it's like a silicon valley they've like yeah. you know they've disrupted blood tests <laughs> <laughs> needs disrupting <laughs> um but yeah it tested like b12 liver function um bunch of other stuff and my thyroid and, and they all, all came back normal, yeah. Cool. Can I ask a question? Yes, please do. So you um, and Mr. Gabby have a diagnosis. Yes. Um, and that's all kind of male factor. Mm. And you're going to start IVF in January. Yeah. But you managed to improve various like aspects of his his sperm count and his motility and all that. Mm. Are you kind of worried that? They haven't investigated you enough. A little bit. Is this bit. what's going on? Is this why you're doing things like testing your thyroid? Yeah. Mm. Well, because 
only because of the spotting that I have. Yeah. Because I think that is a symptom of something. Mm-hmm. So everything isn't tickety-boo with me, even though that's what yeah. the doctors are saying. So I guess when I get hear things like that, yeah. I'm like, well, maybe that is it. Because who knows if they've actually tested my thyroid. So it's good to find out that that wasn't a problem. Yeah. But then something definitely is. You should have had your thyroid tested. And I only say that because I had a conversation with Kate Davis, who Mm. we've spoken to Mm -hmm. the other day. And she was saying, you need to get this tested. You need to get that tested. And I said, should I get my thyroid tested? And she said, you should have had it done. But because they don't tell you what they tested for and what your results were, it's very difficult to know. That's it, isn't it? Because obviously I did have a blood test Mm -hmm. at the clinic, but I have no idea what they've tested. You had a few blood tests, right? You had like one on a certain day and then another one on a certain day. Um, Well, I did that with a GP originally, but Mm -hmm. then when I went to my clinic, they don't do that. They only do it on, they do it once, basically. They said that they don't need to do it on those separate days. They can tell everything they need to tell from one. I don't know how that works. No. Well, well, one thing Kate said was you should ask, next time you see a consultant, just ask them for all your results. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, I don't, I haven't done that, so I can't say anything. Yeah, about whether that works or not. But well, I guess my only the thing that I'm now left with is that it is a progesterone problem. Like yeah, I do think that that's probably the case, um, and that should have shown up in my bloods. Yeah, but of course we all know what happened when I went and spoke to the doctor about it. It just yeah, I didn't really missed. Yeah, pretty much. So I guess it doesn't matter. I mean, we spoke about it before, didn't we? And you were saying that when I do do IVF, um, my progesterone will be supported by the drugs. So. Yeah. That shouldn't cause a problem. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether I should investigate further now to improve our chances of conceiving naturally. I think regardless of the fact that my husband was able to improve his sperm results, they're not improved to a point where it's perfect. Great. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. that that is probably still the cause of us not getting pregnant. Okay. Um but yeah, I mean, who knows? Mm. Um I mean that has also been like the results from his latest test, the really, really, really expensive one that we had last week. Yeah. It are kind of playing on my mind quite a lot. I was talking to him about it earlier. I keep catastrophizing and like going to the worst scenarios in my head. Yeah. And I just kind of need to stop doing it because. You can't stop. It's just what happens. I know. So I've ended up like, I was coming to meet you on Wednesday mm-hmm. and I just ended up just having a little cry on the train just because I'd done it in my head. I just went there. Yeah. And I just shouldn't because it's not. A bit, but I just. The thing is, if you're catastrophizing, that's bad. Obviously, it's not great for your head. Mm. But if you're then going, I must stop. And getting annoyed with yourself for catastrophizing. It's exactly what Gordon Mullins was saying to us. You're mm. worrying about worrying. Mm. This is true. Just stick to one level of worry. Like, just let yourself do that. Let yourself go there. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a psychologist. <laughs> Can you tell? Just let yourself go there. I just think we should stop beating ourselves up for having completely normal thoughts. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. But then... But it know. is shit when that happens. Yeah. Because I don't have that information yet. Um, We're not going to have it till the end of the month. No. So... I guess I'll save it for then. When's your appointment? The 30th of November. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, fun times. That's your week. Yeah, that was it, really, I think. Cool. Good times. How about you? How was your week? Well, so I am I'm essentially in my two-week wait to have a two-week wait. <laughs> That's where I am right now. Yeah. And I'm quite proud of myself because... 
it was really day 10 before I started getting hysterically obsessive about what's going on. Okay. Which is late for me. Really? Normally it's day two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm quite, yeah, I mean... What, what day are we on now? 11. Okay. Um, I've got my scan on day 14, which is a we'll go ahead or we won't go ahead. Okay. And I am, every bone in my body is terrified. Like I am mm. petrified of this scan. I just, it has to go well. Yeah. If it doesn't, I don't know what I will do. I will get drunk. That's what I will do. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll support that. Yeah. So, yeah. The funny thing is, though, like, my husband decided... So he's a freelancer. He works in film and freelancers. And most of his jobs he gets, like, less than a week in advance. So he never really knows what he's doing. And something happened so that he ended up working on the day of our scan. Mm. And the thing about this job is that you can't really sub yourself out for someone else. Like, once you're down for something, unless, like, someone has died, you can't not show up. Yeah. Because, like, basically then the film has no lights. Yeah. And um, also it's bad for repeat business, I guess. For, for yeah, exactly. Yeah. Really, really bad for your reputation. But... He um, essentially has, yeah, he's going to be working on the day of the scan. And I am am angry. I am still angry at mm. him for that. Um, but I just realised, like, I, I was just, like, shocked that he didn't know when it was. Because I, well, A, I put it in the diary two weeks ago. But B, like... You know, it's been on my mind the whole time. Yeah, like, it's all your Twenty first of November, twenty first of November, mm. um, and yeah, it's all I'm thinking about. But he—it's not all he thinks about. It's like he barely thinks about it, and I—I I don't think you know. I don't blame him for that because I get up every morning. I take th- four different, well, three supplements and one medication every four days. I or three or four days. I change the patch on my leg mm. every time I look down I see a patch mm. when I'm when I'm not wearing clothes sometimes when I'm wearing clothes because the other day I had a short skirt on and realized everyone could see it yeah that's awesome nice um like I'm thinking about this all the time and he just like he has nothing to to remind him no and I felt <sighs> do I feel angry no I do feel angry I just felt like I kind of, I suddenly realised, like, why he, or it feels to me like maybe he's a bit disengaged. Mm. Because he... Because he doesn't have the same level of engagement yeah. as you. He just doesn't have these constant reminders. Mm. He doesn't have, like, four phone alarms that go off a day. Mm. He doesn't have to, like, run to the loo every five minutes, because that's currently what's happening with me. Mm. I don't know why. That's fun. I don't, like... I don't know if it's a side effect or I'm just drinking too much water. Well, I'm sure either way I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. Um so that's that's gonna be my week is just like trying having just said we should not beat ourselves up for thinking about it too much. Like I cannot stop thinking about it and I am beating myself up about <laughs> it. Um had quite a turbulent week at work because I'm like moving teams and stuff. Mm. And I just I feel bad that my head just hasn't been in the game massively to use yeah. a horrendous cliche and how are you feeling on the drugs 
I'm okay actually. Like I think my body started like working with them properly. Mm. So I've got quite sore boobs. Nice. Um, but that's uh, honestly like I haven't even cried that much. Well done. Yeah, a bit yeah. bloated, but not like massively. I had a like a health check for my um, health insurance this mm. week. Was that one of those full-on MOTs? No, it wasn't. It was like they check your cholesterol. Okay. You're like your BMI. Um, I was quite surprised to learn that my cholesterol is absolutely fine. My diet's not always great. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, mate. Thanks. You look like you've got a decent cholesterol. Cheers. <laughs> um, and I have like good BMI. And yeah. I have, although he was like, I don't, he was from Yorkshire. Oh, great. He was like, I don't care about BMI. It's flawed. Really? Uh, yeah. Why is it flawed? Oh, uh, it's basically if you're like really muscular, then you've got a really high BMI. Of course, but yeah. Also, and he was very muscular. I suppose he just believe in it, obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Little protein shake uh, yeah, over there. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then um, what was the other thing? Oh yeah, my um, heart uh, blood pressure was a bit on the low side. So... so. And he was like, so he said to me, like, do you ever get a bit dizzy? And I was like all the fucking time oh. and he was like do you ever like get headaches and I was like yes and he was like you need more salt in your diet and I was like oh my god maybe it was the cholesterol not the caffeine that gave you yeah. all those headaches yeah maybe but anyway went straight upstairs got some Walker's crisps I mean that is the only response to that news yeah right <laughs> that's a brilliant excuse to just yeah. roll around in um what's yeah. it and salty snacks it is funny because at this stage I should be really 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 looking after myself and I because I had had a cold the last couple of weeks like it has, it's not bad at the moment but it mm. was bad um, I haven't done any exercise for like two weeks yesterday I had a McDonald's mm. I'm just like I don't know what's wrong with me like I'm just like I've just gone mental just like, <laughs> eating crap like really not looking after myself and I don't know if that's like a weird like reaction to oh this is gonna go wrong anyway so why yeah. am I bothering yeah but I don't know why well, is it you have been really good with your diet for such a long time mm. so maybe it's just like you're like oh I'm just so over this so like give me some McDonald's mm. actually it was a Burger King what did you have um bacon double cheeseburger mm, nice good it's the best one it's just <laughs> it's just pure salt <laughs> just like slightly flavored salt uh, your cholesterol's loving that. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> and then John had this like mega burger with onion rings in it. Whoa. I know. It was disgusting. And it was so huge. Oh my God. Do Ooh. you know what? Burger King's chips are awful. That's mm, why I don't they're not. There. Yeah, I know. I, they're just not. Yeah. I mean, they're not as bad as KFC. Oh, KFC is the worst one. Really? Do you know what? I've never had KFC. Well, I, I, John is a huge KFC fan. Really? So, yeah. So if we get fast food he's always like KFC but I'm not a big fan of it uh, yeah. I'll, I'll eat their popcorn chicken but not huge anyway I digress the other thing that happened this week which is very important to me is that I've got obsessed with Mrs Hinch oh, what's Mrs Hinch oh my god she's this person on Instagram and she's like um she just does cleaning she like her thing is cleaning and she just like shows you all her cleaning and it's just always like her all her like different products that she gets wow and she's like this um very beautiful lady from like somewhere around london like outskirts of london kind of essex or or thereabouts Mm. um and she just like she does these stories she does like a million stories a day on instagram and just her cleaning yeah it's just her cleaning she's got this house and it's like everything's gray and white and everything's like perfect wow 
and That's she's got amazing. like a, a cute little dog and I just I think it's like I'm getting obsessed because she's just using all these chemicals and doesn't care <laughs> I'm just like oh, so man. jealous it's voyeuristic yeah I'm yeah, just oh, like I can almost smell the yeah the phone. Oh, pine fresh I want oh, pine yeah. fresh <laughs> oh well, we just like We've got a problem at the moment because obviously we've been we've switched over everything to method. Yeah, we've got our bloody kitchen sink is blocked. Oh god! And nothing that you put in a kitchen sink to unblock it is is method. No, like, there's you need nothing for healthy for that. I think sometimes you just have to give in to the fact that you're gonna have to put bleach down your sink. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you don't have to touch it, do you? It's not even bleach, man. I think we have to get that proper stuff that like the acid stuff that, like fizzes up and goes. Just get it. Miss, I bet Mrs. Hinch has a has a cure for that oh maybe she's got a way of doing oh, it there we go she's a, she's amazing <laughs> she's just like before she goes to bed she puts all her cloths in like zaflora which is like disinfectant to soak wow that's just, like, a bit over the top it's <laughs> i'm i'm getting like obsessed with the idea of just like covering my body in chemicals <laughs> i'm just like the minute i like have given birth i'm just gonna pour something <laughs> something that's not bad for your skin all over me just be like ah, ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. light up yeah and smoke 20 yes. Marlboros and <laughs> I just like oh. inhale loads of nail polish yeah exactly <laughs> I mean who knows if this if what we're doing is like ridiculous it is it is ridiculous yeah over the top like I just I went to Sainsbury's today and I bought some I picked up some floor cleaner flash floor cleaner and John was like are you sure you want that and I was like, yes, I want my my floors to be clean. He was like, let's just wait until after this round. Wow. And then we'll get some. And I was like, oh, I just want my house to be clean. But it's ridiculous. So that's anyway, why you're obsessed with this cleaning guys, lady. watch Mrs. Hinch. She is amazing. Living your life vicariously yeah. through her. And then find, I don't know, actually just buy normal cleaning products. Like, who cares, really? Mm. Yeah. Come on, Emma. <laughs> Stick to the method. Come on. You can do it. God, we really should be advertising for them, shouldn't we? Yeah, if they want to get in touch and give us some money, we'd be more than happy to take it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, big week ahead. Yes. Yeah. And that's scary, but we'll see. It'll be fine. We'll get through it. Yes. Hello. So, as I was saying earlier, this interview with Jane Angadia, who was until very recently the chief executive of Virgin Money. Um, we recorded a couple of weeks ago and we recorded it at her new really swish offices mm-hmm. in Mayfair. Oh, yeah. Like literally so close to Claridge's. Um, but because it's a really old building, it's quite thin windows. So you will hear the old car going past and also there was an air conditioner in there. So you, like, there's a yeah. kind of sound. Yeah, the usual atmospheric uh, yeah, noises. Absolutely. And I think there was a phone buzzing at one point. So, just to be prepared for the, um, whatever the audio equivalent of mise-en-scene is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Come into the room with us, guys. Let's go. <laughs> Bye. Bye. The first thing that we always do when we have people on this podcast is we ask them to talk us through their journey. Well, don't forget, I'm now in my 50s and I had my daughter in the end when I was 41 so this is quite some time ago and my expectation is that things have changed quite a lot. Um, but um, I can't even remember how we started sort of even talking about IVF. But anyway, I do remember that um, we used to go to St Bart's Hospital before it was done up. 
And uh, it was an extremely Victorian affair. It had very big rooms with uh, peeling paint and um, lots of porno mags. Oh, lovely. <laughs> oh, lovely. Yeah, nothing's changed. No, nothing's changed. <laughs> there you go. And I remember that definitely is uh, something that I remember very clearly. And um, I remember St. Bart's was where the sort of big stuff happened and I lived in Norwich at the time and there was a small clinic that was linked to it and so I used to have to go in there to get my hormone treatment and to get scanned and um, so I don't know again whether you still do it this these days but you used to have a sort of a, a big needle that you had to self-inject with into your thighs mm-hmm. and I used to end up with bruises up and down my legs that were not particularly attractive I thought <laughs> and then you go along and have um, uh, some invasive procedure uh, looking at your ovaries and counting how many follicles there are and how big they are and measuring them and I can remember being really interested in the size of follicles oh, now because yeah. do you remember they, they sort of measure them in millimetres yeah, don't they? Yeah, absolute obsession. Is that right? Yeah. And uh, you have to have so many of a certain dimension in order to be able to ha- harvest the eggs, that's right isn't it? And uh, I remember going to St Bart's for the first time and being talked through it all by a, a woman doctor who was excellent um, who Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. was telling me that this wouldn't hurt at all. It gave me quite a lot of pethidine, and indeed it did hurt, I'm afraid, to have the legs <laughs> collected. <laughs> Not excruciatingly. They but- knock you out now. Oh, did they? Oh, mm-hmm. didn't they? They had a big sort of long... It was like... Do you, oh, I'm sounding terribly old-fashioned there. I remember my mum knitting round things on a really long single knitting needle. Do you know what I mean? It was yes. just like that. And uh, the, I can re- remember what the feeling was. It wasn't that painful, but it was definitely uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, as you'll know, you go through all of the how many eggs did you collect, mm-hmm. and then... Um, I was always quite worried that they get the right sperm and eggs together. Do you know what I mean? I used yeah. to ring quite a lot about that. I think they thought I was quite mad. And um, then three days later, I think it is, is it, that they would tell you whether or not you had any embryos that uh-huh. were um, viable. viable. That's exactly the word. And we always had viable embryos. Um, and they always got 
um, implanted or put back in or whatever the right way of putting it is um, at the right time and all of the conditions seem right. And, of course, um, as many people have gone through, I guess, you have a fortnight to wait, don't you, yeah, after the embryos are put back in, where you look after yourself really well, have nothing to drink, don't eat the wrong things, pretend not to be thinking about it, but that all you're doing is thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And then you take the pregnancy test probably a day too early. I always oh, yeah, used to do it yeah, a day too early. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, I mean, from my point of view, I never got the positive um, uh, result. And nobody knew why, and uh, I can remember being frustrated that we could um, have so much brilliant medicine, I mean, brilliant medicine, brilliant procedure, brilliant people, um, and yet no real answers. Yeah. And I think that's the frustration around IVS. It's the sort of two sides of the coin, Mm -hmm. isn't it? This is amazing, and on the other hand, nobody knows when it doesn't work, why it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and so the really interesting thing was, as you know, the people that go through it know, it can be emotionally um, draining as well as physically debilitating because your hormones are all over the place, aren't they? And yeah. if you're not successful with that, you're down anyway. Um, and so after five goes where we were unsuccessful, it's, it's very the same process, same people, same everything. Did you, and you had the same medication every time? And the same every time. Just... Well... I think to start with, actually, you just have to sniff the hormones. Yeah, I've done that. Have you done that as yeah, well? I'm off those this time. I think they were horrible because I used to f- literally feel it hit my brain, yeah, didn't like that. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, yes, the same medication uh, every time. And so we decided to give up. <coughs> and um, I couldn't tell you how long later, but let's call it a couple of years later, uh, my husband was uh, on a train from Norwich to London, and he bumped into the woman who'd been our IVF consultant in Norwich. And she said, how's Jane Ann? And he said, well, you know, um, sadly we've given up on this, as you know, you haven't seen this for ages. And she said, um, oh, there's some new treatment that's uh, come in. Why doesn't Jane Ann come and see us? And uh, we've got a new doctor who'll talk us through it. So I remember thinking, shall I, shan't I, shall I, shan't I? And uh, I went in. And this doctor said to me, um, and I can't remember the details now, but, but ba- because basically he was indeed spinning me a line, and, uh, as he admitted later, and he said, look, have one more go because I can take a test which will tell you whether or not you're likely to be successful and it will depend on, I don't know, temperature and levels of hormones or whatever. So he took this test and he wrote, I got a letter, I don't know how long later, and said, dear Jenan, you should come in and um, you know, we'll give it another go because I think it'll work this time. So, and he was completely spinning you alive? Well, I, I don't really know, but that's how I remember it. If okay, you see what is it a blood test? We, I think. Yeah. And I can't, I can't properly remember. Anyway, so I liked him. I, could, I, I mean, embarrassingly, <laughs> I can't remember his name, but I can see, I can see him now. And uh, he said, look, we should, we should definitely give this another go. And don't forget, at this point, I'm 40. And so I started the whole procedure again, and this time with this particular guy seeing me regularly. Mm. And he just spent an awful lot of time telling me it was all going to work, right? And uh, we went through exactly the same procedure the whole time. And um, I remember it was December, and my husband and I were away in France. And it was at the end of the two-week cycle thing, and it was, I was, you know, cra- crazy, crazy like all of us. You know, we were in yeah. France for the weekend and I had to get up at four o'clock in the morning or something on a Monday to get back to work. Oh, yeah, gosh, remember the, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was four o'clock in the morning and I'd resisted taking the pregnancy test. And I went into this, the smallest toilet I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> took the pre- pregnancy test and I said to her, I cannot believe it, I'm pregnant. Wow. And um, 
I uh, went back and had all of the scans and everything, and the initial findings were that there were two successful embryos that had implanted. Um, and then by the time, you know, as things progressed and a normal pregnancy progressed, we only had one baby. So whether or not, yeah. we, I don't know what happened along the way, but, you know, we had one beautiful, fantastic, healthy baby. And um, I remember that, uh, you know, having gone through six cycles and then finding myself pregnant and then uh, having a super healthy pregnancy, mm-hmm. um, I, excuse me, I couldn't um, complain at all. It was great. And I... Um, I'm always quite uh, focused on everything being done on time and Amy arrived literally on her due date, which is good because as an older mum, I think at that age, hmm, what is it now? Certainly because I was 40, I was certainly treated as an older mum. Is it 35 now? Yes, 35. Geriatric. (laughs) Exactly. And so they were going to induce me if she hadn't arrived on her due date and dutifully she arrived on her due date. Um, And we went into the hospital and I was in um, the right, you know, it was wherever dilated you happen to be to, to deliver your child that we all know an awful lot when you get there mm-hmm. and uh, the midwife said uh, shall I ring this doctor who was the IVF doctor and I said do, do we really need him and she said no not really but he's asked me to call and uh, so she called him at four o'clock and he got out of bed and he delivered her and he Aww. said he said in the end I think you just needed to believe you were going to have the baby oh, wow. <laughs> and there she is and uh, so it's fascinating because of course after that we thought well now that it's worked um, we'll have another go for another child and we moved to Scotland afterwards and the other six I think it's fair to say that the other six attempts were all done in, in Edinburgh mm. great people um, I think a uh, more more modern if that's not an old-fashioned word process but more or less the same thing um uh, but never successful again so she's a complete little miracle and who knows whether the power of positive thinking adds to it or not but it he was your doctor he was your man he was the man yeah so at this point you're you know you're really climbing the career ladder massively like you're now arguably the most successful woman in uk finance um, narrowing your eyes at me, um, <coughs> and you know at this point. So you, you're working at RBS during these rounds, or are you? Have you joined Virgin by this time, or? So uh, I was working at. Well, now let me think about that. It's that's really interesting, isn't it? So I was st- still running what was at the time called the Virgin One account. Okay. And uh, so uh, RBS had just bought the business. So there were 50-50 partners in the business and then they bought it 100%. So when Amy was born, I was still working in Norwich for what was the Virgin business now owned by RBS. And then when she was two, we moved to Scotland and I moved to RBS. So, I mean, you're <coughs> doing some seriously important jobs. How, how are you... I mean, we've been talking about this all day today, about how we're dealing with our jobs and going through this stuff because it's in your head the whole time it doesn't leave your head how are you like how are you coping with that how are you dealing with that I mean I think you just have to get on with it don't you so um I remember a friend of mine who was also going through IVF at the time and she was um part of the reason I narrow my eyes is that I remember thinking my goodness you're superwoman (laughs) and uh she was um uh a very famous woman in the in the city and probably hasn't spoken about her own IVF so I shouldn't do that but I remember being in a meeting with her 
and her saying, I'll see you after lunch, I'm just going to have my uh, embryos popped back in. And I thought, how bonkers is that? (laughs) But I'm sure that we all do that. Now, I never did that. But I, I mean, like all of us, I certainly went for my scans and everything and then turned up for work. Yeah. But I never went as far as having the embryos popped back in and then straight back into work for the afternoon. Was she successful? Uh, yes. She, oh, had, she like has a son. for lunch. God, because, you know, I, I'm like planning my five days off after I have it. <laughs> you know, I'm going to lie in bed for three days. Mm. Like, and then some people do, I just don't under like, everybody says, oh, you shouldn't have stress. I mean, I think... What do I think? Uh, um, For me, in the end, the most important thing was keeping life as normal as possible, I think. Mm. Now, we all know that life... What what on earth is a normal life for anybody, really? Um, But I'm not sure that... um, Certainly my pregnancy proved to me that I didn't need to pamper myself in the end, if you know what I mean, to have mm. a healthy pregnancy. Just needed to, I certainly needed to look after myself. I was, I was fit then, and certainly when I was successful with IVF, I was at my fittest that I've ever been before or since. Because you're yeah. a big runner, aren't you? So, yeah, well, um, then I was a properly big runner, so mm. I, had, I was doing an enormous amount of physical exercise, and I've often thought that makes a positive difference too. Yeah. Um, but mentally and physically, by the way, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I and then during my pregnancy, I mean, I ran every day right the way through to three weeks before Amy was born, and I'm sh- and you know I'm sure that's why I had an easy pregnancy. Well, you know, for me it doesn't work for everybody, but it made my it made my mm. pregnancy easier. And my belief was that just trying to carry on as normal was the right way to deal with the whole thing, really. And I suppose <clears throat> how open were you able to be with the IVF at work? So like. Did, did everyone know? Were you able to have a conversation with whoever was your boss at the time? Was that all? Um, yes, so I didn't really have anybody on site who <laughs> you'd recognise as a boss, if you mm, see what I mean, yeah. because, you know, we're partly working for Virgin and partly working for RBS, and then RBS took over and they're in Scotland and Virgin in London, I was in Norwich. Um, but I certainly told my team, uh, all of whom were super supportive, I mean... I've never had, I mean, rightly or wrongly, people might cringe at it. I mean, I've never had any problem at all in talking about menopause, hormones, mental health or anything, really, because it's just, I think it's just, you know, many years ago, I was doing an MBA and um, the the guy who was leading the course, funny enough and completely coincidentally, I'm uh, having breakfast with him in two days' time. (laughs) And um, I remember him saying to all of us around a, a conference table, it's so unfortunate in the world of business that people have one persona at home and another one at work and if only you can bring the two together then you're going to be more successful less stressed etc mm. and at the, and at that time and I was quite young at that time not 30 I thought gosh that makes an awful lot of sense and so for good or for bad I guess ever since I've given myself permission to just sort of be me and um and other people I hope to be them and so we've been able I think um through our adventures at Virgin and, and RBS just to be open with each other around some of the trials and tribulations and successes as well. And I, and I just think that that's... I don't, I don't think everybody wants to hear um, all about how, how, how many embryos you've had done or whatever, but the fact that you're going through it, I yeah. think, means that people can be supportive of us all. And um, you talk a lot about mental health. Um, how did that interact with your IVF process? Did it impact it a lot, do you think, or was it kind of a separate issue? I mean, it's really interesting because I mean, we're talking now 17 years ago, right? mm. and 
if I look back, I don't think people talked about mental health then, um, either at all, or certainly not in the way that we do in you know such a constructive way today, certainly. And so I don't think it ever occurred to me. I I don't think I asked myself the question, am I struggling mentally or not? Mm. And the first time that I realised I was, was uh, when Amy was born, because, of course, the disaster for me, having gone through all of that and then having had a lovely pregnancy and uh, labour, was that I was then absolutely hit by um, postnatal depression, Um, which you would think would be, um, you know, the last thing after all of the joy that having the long-for baby um, brought... Um, and it was then that I realised so clearly in my own mind that, um, you know, I'd come from a generation really, I guess, that had been brought up thinking that, um, you know, you could, if you have anybody felt that they felt depressed, you just say, oh, come on, snap out of it. And that people were just behaving negatively. And I realised immediately in my own mind that this wasn't to do with negative behaviour. This was absolutely to do with something chemical in me. I just, mm. felt, I just was a different person, you know. Right. Um, and it was massively interesting for me to realise that depression is real, not imagined. <laughs> and, um, I mean, I remember going to the doctors one day, and um, I can picture it now. Amy was quite tiny, and I got this brightly coloured crocheted blanket that I got from some second-hand shop. I definitely went through a, a you know, buying all sorts of <laughs> very strange stuff phase. <laughs> and... Um, I remember lying her down for the doctor to look at the baby and the doctor saying to me, so how are you? You need to fill in. We ask all new mothers to fill in this form around depression and whatever. And I filled the form in and she went, blimey, you're absolutely at the extreme end of postnatal depression. Yeah. And I wasn't entirely, <coughs> entirely surprised. And, um, uh, I mean, it was very, very, very dark days. I remember... Um, looking at Amy in her cot and thinking that she is so beautiful and so perfect, she was far too good for the world. Oh. And uh, that was a diff- that was a very that was a black time, not a, a happy time. You know, mm. you know yeah. how, how can I possibly cope with her growing up in this world? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, <clears throat> coming that that hitting you after you've done six mm. rounds of IVF. Mm. How did you kind of reconcile that? Did you was did it kind of almost make it worse? Oh well, yes, and. and it was, um, how did I reconcile it? So, much to my husband's astonishment, because, of course, he had no idea what I couldn't work out on earth had happened, because now we've got the baby that we and he and I had always wanted. She was perfect and beautiful, and I was now gone to pieces, sort of thing. But, but I didn't go to pieces in a work sense. I carried on going to work, which was, of course, stupid, obviously. Um, and I remember we'd lived in a quite a um, isolated farmhouse in Norfolk, and um, it's interesting as I'm remembering it now. It, I don't think it was a physically dark place, but as I remember it, it was a physically dark place, yeah, which is really interesting. That is interesting. And um, I remember saying to him, "I just can't stay here anymore on this mm. particular case." And what are we going to do then? And I said, "Don't know, but we've got to go." Go, and we packed up the car there and then. <clears throat> And, um, and, you know, I remember putting in all of these things that we all wrestle with, you know, milk warmers and um, whatever else it is that comes with babies that I can't remember now. So we've got this car sort of rattling with plastic stuff. And uh, we drove down to London and went to a hotel and stayed there for I don't know how long until I said to him, I think I'll go back now, but we've got to move house. And he's like, oh, God, why have we got to move house? I said, I don't know, but we've got to move house. And so we did, and that was the, oddly the first step in... My recovery, I, I still don't really, I've never quite reconciled why. 
Um, but it felt like the new beginning put an end to the darkness, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Um, but it was a difficult time for sure. It's amazing how places can have such an emotional feeling attached to them. Mm. Completely. Yeah. Yes, completely. And this was, I mean, Amy was when we moved, I remember because it was her christening day and we, on the Sunday and we moved on the Monday and she was nine months old. So it lasted for that length of time. Oh my God. It, it didn't put you off trying again? No. With further, further rounds? No, no. And uh, it's funny because it's interesting, isn't it? Even after 17 years, I can remember so much detail of that. And uh, I remember after the birth, and I bet lots of mums remember this, the midwife came in and me wanted to talk. I said, I'm really sorry, I, I've just talked you through the entire process of my birth, of Amy's birth. And she said, well, everybody wants to do that. It's a sort of cathartic way of dealing with it. And I just think it's, uh, it's interesting yeah. how we remember so much of that sort of detail. Yeah. Mm. God, it, it just, like, I read somewhere that if you have IVF, you're more likely to experience postnatal depression. Is that right? And I've been trying <clears throat> to figure out why that is. And I think, is it because we just have such high hopes for ourselves? Like, or high hopes for this? Because you spent, like, however many years imagining this perfect little thing that's going to come along, and then it also cries like everybody else's <laughs> baby. I don't, like... Don't you think it's... I mean, I've no idea, by the way, so this is a completely untested yeah. uh, response, but I've always assumed that it's because we're pumped full of hormones. Well, yeah, there's that. You know what I mean? I, I wonder whether, you know, you spend an awful lot of time getting pregnant... Um, with hormones that you're, you know, our body, the, the, for those of us that don't get pregnant easily, presumably there's some sort of home, hormone thing going on that's mm, different yeah. to our natural state that's changed through IVF. Um, and then you go through all the hormones of pregnancy, and I just wonder that after that, yeah. when all those hormones are sort of drained away and you're left, I don't know whether you're naked of hormones or whether you've got more of them, <laughs> I've absolutely yeah. no idea. Different but ones. I presume, my, my own assumption had been that it's all this yeah. wildness of hormones. Yeah. <laughs> God, the whole you are just different yeah <clears throat> i could turn into the incredible hulk at any time like I, that's not <laughs> you wait till you get to the menopause <laughs> <laughs> no sorry i don't wish that on anyone <laughs> so um i mean i guess the other side of the coin for you is that you've been an employer as well yep and continue to be an employer um are you very you know have have you had people come to you and say i'm going through IVF? Oh, yes a lot and how have you dealt with that well can i tell you the best ivf story so my best IVF story uh, that you just made me think about is um, we, years ago, launched a business called the Virgin One Account, um, which was um, a great product, it's not, sadly not available today. And um, we had a marketing campaign, which uh, we call Make One Day Today. And the idea was this product, the Virgin One Account, enabled people, because it enabled everyone to be much more flexible with their finances, to make their dreams come true, make one day today. And um, we did it for customers predominantly, but we also had some staff one days, as we called them. And so we'd ask people, I can't remember how often, once a quarter probably, to put forward what their one day would be. And, um, you know, I remember the first one, ever so clearly, was a woman who had a terminally ill son that she wanted to take to Florida swimming with the dolphins, and so we did that. And then the next time, or the time after, a, a woman wrote to me and she said... I've been through, I think, three cycles of IVF. My husband and I can't afford to do another one because now I don't get them on the NHS. And I so desperately want a child. Can you make that, that wish come true? And so we paid for her IVF cycle 
and she had twins. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Oh, that is so, so that is, that is, I mean, it was amazing. Really, oh, really brilliant. But, you know, story. Um, over and above that, I think, uh, I think it's really interesting how many women and couples were going through IVF. Mm. I mean, by the by, I think it's important, to, as you'll know, to realise that going through IVF, is, I think, is difficult for men as well. Mm. Because it does feel odd for everybody, I think. And we're all, everybody's living, if you're living together, you're living with all those hormones, aren't you? Yeah, my poor husband right now. <laughs> Mind you. <laughs> and, um, but, but I do think that it's so much more the norm now for people to participate, if that's the right word, in, in IVF treatment. And so I think it's much easier, my experience, I don't know about yours, much easier to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, it becomes an accepted way of life, I think, in many ways, and that's great. So we, we've been talking to a charity called the Fertility Network, and they're kind of campaigning to ask employers to have a policy in place um, just to make, I suppose, women feel more comfortable about bringing it up if it's not a really open workplace. Do you think that would be a useful thing for people to have, just something, I mean, a guideline? Well, um, it can't hurt, I guess, but if you've got to have a policy in place, you've probably got the wrong culture in the first mm-hmm. place, would be my guess. But, of course, we know that organisations don't have open cultures always. Um, and so it's like all of these things. I think I, I, I'm definitely of a view that... Um, I used to say to my team, better out than in, you know, better to talk about these things yeah. than to keep them bottled up must be much more constructive for a workforce. Um, and so uh, if it has to be done through policy, I'd support it. But I'd much rather I'd much rather that people insisted on working for organisations where the culture meant that, you know, that sort of mm. thing is just normal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, I guess our last question is, what advice would you have to people going through this now? What have you learnt from your process of going through IVF and also specifically like having this incredible job I mean uh, well so I'd say it's definitely worth it (laughs) I think despite the fact that I cling much to my own surprise because I hadn't gone through it in my own mind before you asked me the question so it's easy for me to remember but despite the fact that after so many years it's so easy to remember um, it's not something that's naturally normally at the forefront of my mind. You've just got your baby and it's brilliant and it's all been worth it. And all of that is put behind you, I think, or certainly was put behind me. Um, so I would say um, keep going. Believe that it's going to work. Live a normal life while you do it. And um, I think just realise how brilliant medical science is. Uh, as I say, there are some frustrations that doctors don't understand when it's not successful why it's not successful but actually the success rate continues to grow I think and um, I just think that that's wonderful and I think you know believe in your doctor give yourself a break live life normally keep on going (laughs) get lots of support and um, remember that it's worth it in the end thank you so much thank you very much wise words thank you What are we talking about this week, Gavs? Uh, we're talking about orgasms. Orgasms. Oh, yes. Mm. Um, yeah, this is one, um, as I said earlier, I have read a number of articles that suggest that having an orgasm is going to help you get pregnant. I see. So I think I thought that might be, it's an additional pressure that I don't think you need. 
Do you know what I mean? I don't think he needs either. I don't think anyone needs that extra pressure. So um, how does that work when it comes to like um, IVF? Exactly. Am I going to go for a transfer and they're going to... Well, I think... um, (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) It's part of the... It's part of the surface. (laughs) Um... Yeah, I think the idea is that when you orgasm, lots of things in your cervix contract and therefore would kind of help the sperm on its way up into your uterus. Okay. But um, but yeah, I think, I mean, God, people get pregnant without orgasms all the fucking time. Yeah. Um, and, and as I say, I think if people are worried about that, then it's just, it's just, it's additional stuff that you don't need to be worried about i mean sorry we'd all like to have orgasms every time we have sex wouldn't we i would a lot yeah i mean that's what we're all aiming for we we set out to achieve that every time yeah of course but if it doesn't happen sometimes it's a rush job sometimes it's a rush job especially if you're trying for a baby especially if you're trying for a baby exactly and so sometimes it might not happen and i don't think that people should be kind of freaking out about that so that's why i wanted to put it to professor tim because um obviously i think he would have a view on this mm-hmm. and it'd be good to find out from a professional yeah absolutely so i asked him whether or not having an orgasm would make it more likely that you get pregnant very interesting question i've not been asked that question before um when you try and look at studies on this they are obviously it's a difficult area to study i think one obvious observation is that if you look at other species um, who may be very fertile, other types of mammals, they, you know, it's not necessary for the female to orgasm to actually achieve pregnancy. And the same has obviously been noted in humans as well, so it's not something that's absolutely necessary. And in fact, scientifically, it's not really completely clear why um, orgasms exist anyway, because they're not necessary for conception to occur. Um, so certainly there's no evidence that the chance of conception is higher um, if ejaculation coincides with a female orgasm. So it's not something that's necessary. And so hopefully that will put people's minds at rest if they're concerned about maybe not having an orgasm regularly during intercourse um, because there's no evidence that it's required. First Tim, that's really helpful. like to say that orgasms are necessary <laughs> in general they are necessary they are necessary professor Tim. i don't want any guys out there listening to this and being like well, see i told you they're not necessary <laughs> they're highly necessary they and important necessary. <laughs> Just not because <laughs> well i hope you okay. enjoyed that guys yeah have a great week i'm blushing <laughs> have a good week see you all soon bye, bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.